the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, had a joyous and a beautiful trip and a good time with uh, the clergy of our diocese, our bishops. It was really a joyous and a beautiful, um, unifying time uh, together. Um, the subject of the conference was uh, youth, how to keep our youth. And it really came down to uh, family. Family is how we keep our youth. But in that, I think the church has to be seen as a family. It's not church family, it's church as family. And family being integrated into the life of the church. And that's part of what the family is. It's part of what the family does. It's a, really, it's a sense of who we are. You know, it's interesting. Uh, in, in growing up and uh, raising my family, there was no question of what we did on Sunday. It just wasn't a question. There was no options. Because it's who we were. It wasn't what we did. It's who we were. It's a, it's a sense of being. And so um, I want to just use that as the theme. Church is family and work a little bit off of that. And I think that that's this idea of Christ in the gospel text of what do we see? What do we see the, the, the church as? What do we see the family as? It's really a, a, unified, be, a unified body. It's, it's not church family, it's together. So I believe we have to see this and understand that that's the hope for children. If we're not seeing that unity, then we separate those two things and it becomes more difficult for the child to see their salvation, to see what's good and healthy for them in the life of the church. So I believe this is critical to us. And it was very powerful in the gospel, the epistle text, uh, that Subdeacon Stephen read, uh, that we are to let, let, us, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself. And then it says, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's about being together in Christ. That's the family. That's the church family. Being unified in Christ. Together in Christ. That is, that is the hope of our salvation and the salvation particularly of our children. They see that unity. They see that sense of, of uh, coming together in the community of the church as not just a priority but a sense of who we are so i would really encourage us to kind of keep that in mind as we go through this homily um, mary magdalene great example of church as family beautiful saint troubled by seven demons seven demons bothered her her whole life and when she encountered christ christ healed her from those demons and she followed him as one of the children of Christ. 
one of the, the disciples of the Lord. She's even called equal to the apostles. Equal to the apostles. She was so great. She uh, stood by Mary at the cross. As all the studly, manly apostles fled, the young 16-year-old John and the beloved Mary Magdalene stood with the mother of God and wept with her as her son was crucified. Family, I'm not leaving my sister. I'm not going to leave my sister at this time. I'm going to stand with her, even unto death. Powerful example of family. She stayed with Mary and eventually helped John take care of Mary on Ephesus and preached the gospel and died, thanks be to God, a peaceful death. Not like many in those times. Um, and another example of this church's family was really my trip, coming, coming together. You know, I've been going to these meetings for 25 years. So uh, I used to be the young guy. Now I'm the old guy. And all the old guys don't go. So it was very, very beautiful uh, to come together and see the unity. You know, the Archdiocese has gone through a lot in our time here. Some stuff not so pretty, some stuff very, very exciting. But you know what? We're together. We are together. We are, we are unified together in Christ. It's a very powerful thing to see that. We don't flee that. We don't run away from that. We don't run away from the trouble. We step into it. And with the help of God, we, we actually grow in our unity. You could really feel that there this time. That we have walked through many, many things together. But there was a great sense of we're still here together. We'll still here together. And we will be together in Christ forever and ever. So uh, another example of this is I was contemplating. You can imagine this homily might be a little longer because I had a lot of time on the plane. <laughs> I had a lot of time on the plane. Uh, Father Peter. Father Peter's life. It was about the kingdom of God. It's all it was about. There was really nothing other than that. He had a beautiful family. He had other, other interests, but nothing ever trumped that. Nothing ever trumped the church. Nothing ever trumped this fact that it was about his church was family. His family was church. It was a total unity for him. And you could see that. He got over a thousand letters. Over a thousand letters were written to Father Peter. In a week. And he heard them all thousand people why because to him it was about family and you know who 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 wrote letters his children his spiritual children his dear family friends church is family family is church we can't separate those things and our history here as a as a parish uh the good the bad and the ugly <laughs> We're here. We're together. We won't ever stop being together. We step into it. We deal with it. We don't flee it. 
we step into the issues that are before us because we're unified together in Christ. There's great hope in Christ. There's great hope when family is church and church is family. We don't want to separate those things out. So what are the tenets of this family? What, what, when we look at church as family and family as church, what do we see? We first see love. And let me read this great passage, which we all love and know, because it really describes what love is. Love it suffers long, is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely does not seek its own, it's not provoked, it does not think evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails fails you know there was two moments many moments in my life but two that came to mind when i was thinking about this one was a uh, time with uh, bishop basil and i was struggling with uh someone in the parish <laughs> you don't realize that i do struggle at times with people with you because you're tough people to deal with And I, he, I said, said, now how do I deal with this? He says, love them. Love them. And I said, I do. I do. I try to. I do. And then he looked at me and says, love them more. Love them more. And St. John of Cronstadt says something very interesting. He goes through this beautiful scenario of loving people, how important love is. Love, love, love is love. Love is great and you're feeling so good. And then it says it comes down time to this dealing with people that you can't love. He says, force yourself to love. Force it. Love is a struggle, brothers and sisters. Love is difficult. Love, you have to step into it. You have to engage it. Because sometimes it's very difficult. It's very difficult, but you have to step into it. You have to have the target as love. You can't say, I can't love that person. That's just not an option. That's not, the op that's not the Christian option. That doesn't exist in the Christian church. I don't love that person. The Lord even drew the line. You know what he said? Love your enemy. He said, love your neighbor, love your neighbor. Oh, that's really good. No, he said, love your enemy. He drew the line at a place where there's no alternatives but to love. So we need to love. That, that's such a powerful virtue. It's the, the foundational virtue of a community. To love no matter what. To love no matter what. Uh, then the next virtue that I believe is important, and that is Humility. We had a beautiful time. Uh, the Argentinian uh, bishop, Bishop Silawan, 
a younger bishop, was with us to talk about Argentina. And he's just such a humble man. All he had to do was speak and you were encouraged because of his humility. And he gave this incredible talk about how he had these great people in Argentina and how, in, how joyful he was and how encouraged he was to be their bishop. And then questions were asked like, well, how many churches are there? He said, there's, there's 12. <laughs> it's like, you were thinking he was talking about a, an archdiocese of like 100. There's 12. How many priests do you have? 10. And some of them don't have cars, so they can't get to churches. But, we're, but we'll be fine. God is with us. It's the humility is the soil by which God can work. I'm, I'm encouraged not because of what they have, but because of the bishop they have. He's a powerful, that humility is going to grow so much fruit. Humility bears good fruit. That sense of stepping away, stepping into Christ, resting in Christ, resting in the will of God. I've told this story before, but every time I think of this, this virtue, it comes to mind. I was uh, encountering one of my dear deacon friends, who is no longer here. <laughs> deacon Steve, Stephen Henney, I'll tell you, because I wanted to let you know that I talked to one of his priests, and he's doing great in New Mexico. Beautiful time, uh, beautiful uh, uh, life there, and he's helping out, help develop these churches in New Mexico. So thanks be to God for, for Stephen. And we, we had this little encounter. We had an argument. Um, and I remember it because I was watering the lawn, and I saw him coming down the street. And I was, because I had, because you know how you do in your mind when you have an argument with somebody? You kind of say, the next time I see them, well, I had that. I had the next time I see them, I'm going to do this. So I had it all prepared. I'm wanting the lawn. Oh, hi, Deacon Stephen. And I started my little thing. Boom, boom, boom. And then I remembered reading. Well, I don't remember reading. I think the Holy Spirit just kind of hit me upside the head <laughs> and said, uh, always give in to the other. Don't try to win. Humble yourself before your accuser. Step back. And so I said, you know, I said, good deacon, forgive me. But I, it, this is my problem. He said, no, Father, no. It's my problem. I'll never forget that moment because what it went from anger to love. Just like that. Because of one virtue, humility. It changed in an instant for both of us. We're dear, dear friends, thanks be to God. And that moment solidified something in our, in our relationship. So very important to us. So why do we step into this sense of church's family needing love and humility? Because, because God wants to transform us. If we are trying to, in our family, try to practice love and humility and see those of two highest virtues, and without exception we pursue them, then in that effort, we will be transformed. We will be changed. For, you know, I think many times we look at the will of God, God helping us in terms of circumstances. But my sense would be, in my own personal effort, but not very successful, is that God would 
help us deal virtuously in every situation. That's his will. That in every situation, God would help me deal with it virtuously. And if I do that, I will be changed. I will be transformed. Because what will happen in that is you'll find out where you're, where you're lacking. How many, deal, how many people deal virtuously with every situation 100% of the time? No saints. I was thinking that here. A couple of those, and I saw the raising hands over there. Even those saints would not raise their hands. Because we don't. We don't. But you know when you don't? You know what you're seeing? Where God wants you to repent. Where God wants you to improve. So our efforts aren't, oh, Lord, I don't do well. No, God, repent. Lord, help me do better. Lord, forgive me. Help me do better. Help me do better. That's transformation. Moving from glory to glory. To be changed. That's the Christian life. It's not that I'm a, I have my life, I have my church, I have my family, and I move on. No, it's about changing. Transformation. Every day. Every moment. So we don't, we don't neglect that effort. And finally, I just want to encourage us all to... Uh, be with each other. The family stands side by side together. We don't, we don't walk away from each other when there's difficulties. We don't flee uh, relationships because they're difficult, although we might want to. But a family doesn't do that. A family sticks it out. A family hangs in there. A family doesn't give up. A family stands with each other in all circumstances. So I just want to encourage us there. You know, remember um, one last example. I remember when Doris Easby passed away, Deacon Richard's mother. So many people said she was with them at all these critical times of their life. And I didn't even know it. It wasn't like she called me and said, Father, I want to go visit. Oh, she called me when I was sick. She was here when I was this. She just did that. That was just who she was. She, her church was her family. Family was her church. And she just stepped into their life. May that be what we do. May, may that be our heart. May we not neglect one another, especially in times of difficulty. So let me read this one final uh, encouraging verse about being church as family and the family as church from uh, Ephesians. I love this. Ephesians 3.14 For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, you may, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and the depth, and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, 
To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ through all ages, world without end. Amen.